Good morning, Superflex City. I am on a rogue with Hove today. We're going to do a little bit of episode three of Superflex Trades. John, how the hell are you? What's up, man? Living this city life. Can you be all a, all a rogue with Hogue? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> am I am I really rogue when I've got uh <laughs> I'm, I'm rogue, rogue with, I'm rogue with you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same as like Hogue gone rogue. Right. We do need more of that. <laughs> Everybody's gone rogue. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm not a rogue today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of am too. I, it's sometimes it's fun to go rogue, but uh, it's also nice to uh, just just settle down and and you know put it's, the it's it's put weird and daunting and, to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so we're gonna do some super flex trades. We've got a few from Twitter that uh, John's been tagged in. I've been tagged in a couple. But John, I want to ask you like. When when making trades and in creating partners, like how important is the counter? How important is like that counter offer? Oh man, this is a great question, and uh, I've got a I've got some follow up thoughts on it as well to share with you and see what you think. Um, yeah, I mean, I to me, like the the counter offer is is crucial. You know, like generally speaking, at least in my experience, you kind of go into you go into it blind a little bit and just say, like, here's my offer. And this is basically me saying, you know, this player that I'm trying to get from you, like that's that's my interest. That's what that's who I'm trying to acquire, what I'm trying to acquire. And, uh, you know, this is like this is a, a kind of a thought of mine as far as you know, value wise, this is where, you know, that player's value is or that picks value is whatever it is. But, you know, I'm looking for kind of some feedback from you on that. And so the counter offer is really kind of an acknowledgement of like, it, it's a little bit like, like we always play Tinder flex on, on the super flex super show. Um, and it's, it's a little bit like Tinder, you know, like, like one person can swipe, right. That doesn't mean anything, you know, right. The whole thing is activated when the other person swipes, right. As well. Mm -hmm. And says, okay, yeah. Like I'm, I'm interested in seeing what we can do here, like where we can go with this. So yeah, to me, that counter offer is that right swipe that you have to have. Uh, in order to just kind of activate negotiations in general. Right. And, and so at this point, I mean, if you're going to counter, I think it's almost like you almost have to counter with either something that that other team was trying to get from you or something they were trying to give you. Like you have to, in a way, understand like, okay, they're after this player or maybe this player and they're trying to get rid of this player. So if you counter with, all like three or four completely different pieces that were irrelevant to the trade. Chances are that's probably not going to go anywhere. And that that's some other things like we'll, we'll be talking about later, like kind of faceless things. But when these trades, I mean, they have faces and unless like you're trying to take care of a need, it's, I almost feel like you have to have 
a piece to that deal included. Like, don't counter me with just like random stuff where you're totally. just like, huh? Like, yeah, totally different trade. Yeah, that's that's yeah. not swiping right. That's that's saying. No, I'm I like yeah, you got on a different app. Like, yeah, exactly. You went to match.com and no, I'm not even reading your profile. Yeah, man. I like the dating app analogies. This is working <laughs> like the, it's working perfectly. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I won't talk to you on Tinder, but I'll talk to you on match. So. And it will. And it's almost like that match.com commercial that always has the same girl at the beginning of it and i'm so curious how she hasn't found a date like what is wrong with her is she's always there <laughs> still available like do i want to go to match.com of e if even this like desirable looking girl can't get matched up and that's almost like goes into like yeah we get it he's on the block dude you want a little bit too much like mm -hmm. you you've told us every freaking day that he's on the block like still available let's go back to tinder yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it can also feel a little bit like, all right, I swiped right because, you know, this this chick was, you know, hot or there was something appealing about the profile. But then the counter offer is basically like the it's it's the automated porn bot message that you, <laughs> that you initially get you're like oh if i had known that i wouldn't have even tried <laughs> like i wouldn't have, i would have just skipped right over this and not yeah even try. if i knew that that's how you're gonna negotiate <laughs> and so so we want to counter like somewhere close to something that looks like it was along the same times as that sent offer but do you feel do you feel like you have to counter? Um, not necessarily. Um, I mean, I, I think that you, sh you generally, you should probably either try to counter or, you know, accept the offer that's presented to you, which like, that's, that's what normally happens for me. Like sometimes it's a good enough offer that I just, I just take it. I'm like, yeah, easy enough. And, and I'll be honest, like there's a certain amount of it. that's just kind of me conditioning my league mates <laughs> and where I'm just like, all right. I mean, I don't think that that's the best deal that we could have made. We probably could have negotiated through this, but you know, I'm, I'm going to accept this deal, even though I'm taking a little bit of a loss and we easily could have fixed that just because the offer you sent me was a very thoughtful one. And like, that's the type of offer that I want to get going forward. <laughs> you know, that I'm likely to accept that type of offer, you know, and not even necessarily make you go through negotiations because you looked at my roster, you looked at what I need and came up with a sensible offer that fits, you know, what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so, so there are times where I just snap ex accept it, um, even though I'm taking a little bit of a loss. And, you know, I definitely try to, to do counter proposals as often as I can. There are times where it's just like, man, this, uh, honestly, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> like, you're not going to like the price that, sure. that I'm going to come back. Or, or you maybe even look and you look at the 
other teams team construction versus what you would need to make it happen and you can in your head you're it's just not a good trade partner because of the way their team is built maybe you're wrong and they pull a trigger on on a trade that you don't think you get done but sometimes you look at the team and you're just like i just don't see it i wanted to counter but i just don't see a deal that i feel like we could do or your first offer was so far apart yeah here's the one i go ahead Here's the one I run into, and I'm I'm curious your thoughts on this, but like sometimes I'll get an offer that I feel like is it's good. I don't know that I can accept it, but I'm also not totally sure how to counter it. Mm. You know, like for instance, in, in one of my home leagues, I got an offer of so I've got Joe Mixon. I think I'm probably higher on Joe Mixon than most people. Um and this is something that, that we'll end up talking a little bit about on this episode, just in general. Um, but I think that people are holding an injury against him way more than they should. Um, but in this case, and, in, in, you know, so I'm still fairly high on Joe Mixon. I think that, like, there there could be, you know, kind of the, the breakout type of season that we expected in 2020 could still be on the horizon at some point Mm -hmm. Um, for him. It feels like it's just a matter of staying healthy. It's not that he's not capable of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, well, and and after Joe Burrow went out, quite honestly, like we don't need to go deep into this, but there was no reason to bring Mixon back, even if he was ready at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. There was a lot of weird stuff with that offense and, and, and I like, I get it. Like Joe Mixon in particular, the fact that he was just out for like, you know, three, four weeks before they finally put him on IR mm-hmm. in a year where you can put him on IR for three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, it was it, it was strange. It was like, is this is this him in the doghouse or what? Like, mm-hmm. and and I think it's fair for people to be skeptical. Um, I just and, and and maybe part of it is and you know this is a little bit of a just kind of a psychological thing that I think most fantasy players deal with but you know i was high on joe mixon it didn't pan out but i was heavily invested and because it didn't pan out you know for whatever reason now his value drops a little bit and i'm not ready to give him up especially at you know what people think his his value should be yeah but like so i got this trade offer in my home league and it, it essentially amounted to I give up my Joe Mixon, I get back Austin Eckler. Mm. Like that's really that was it. Bad, that was the whole right? deal. Well, there was there was more to it, but um because I know, want Mixon was... personally straight see, up. See, I kind of think I do too, but um it it was it it was a tough one because it's like First of all, I mean, I think that the value is probably on the Eckler side, but I agree. I would rather have Mixon. Um, I also don't want to bail on Mixon yet, like when I feel like the best is yet to come. But I, I also don't know that there needs to be a counter to that offer. Like, mm. like you know, what what else do I need on top of Austin Eckler to give up Joe Mixon, you know? And I like, it feels like 
me making a counter would be would come across as disingenuous because it's like you know the the it, the the difference in their value at the very most has to be something like a late second round pick early third something like that yeah like even if you believe that there's a that Joe Mixon holds more value than Austin Eckler which it sounds like we both do I, like the difference is so small yeah i definitely value Joe Mixon over Eckler. And yeah. I mean, how old is Eckler now too? Like, and, and I'm not trying to be an ageist, but I, I think that we forget how old he actually is compared to some of the other running backs in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't want to get held up on the age thing, but I, I would even argue that Mixon is going to be in a much better situation too. I kind of think so too. I, I mean, I, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, know that I trust Austin Eckler to be, you know, their, their workhorse back. I, I agree. I That's, think that, and I don't think that that means he can't be viable, but yeah, he's always going to be at risk of having somebody come in. That's all, the, all of a sudden like Jonathan Taylor who can catch the ball too, or yep. so he'll be 26 in September. He'll, well, he'll be 26 in May, but by the time the season starts, he'll be 26. Yeah. So, but that's the thing, like what to you, like value wise, um, it, it like not consensus, but like in your mind, what does it take for you to give up Joe Mixon and get back Austin Eckler? Like, what do you have to get on top of Eckler? Um, so I'm going to be honest. I'm not the market for Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to still try to answer your question, but I need I'll, I'll need more than most people. Me too. Yeah. So, but I think I need a early second at, at least, you know, or I want yeah. like a late first and to give you my early to mid second back, I want to move up somewhere. I, yeah. uh, same. I, I, I actually, I don't like it because I feel like you're giving me work to do mm-hmm. because now after Austin Eckler's on my team, I have to find the correct market for, for Austin Eckler to move him to another team because I really don't want him. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like you're giving me more work to do and you kind of have to pay for that as well. I'm also guessing unless he's just targeting you because of Joe Mixon, he's probably struggling to move Austin Eckler for what he believes the value should be today. Um. So yeah, I, I need, I need an early second and, I'm still like, uh, I get that it's a good deal, but I'm going to hold on to Mixon. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess I, I guess I lied. I need more to actually pull the trigger. Like I almost need you to feel uncomfortable with the deal that you're sending me for me to feel good about it. And mm-hmm. that's why I think I, that's a tough one. Like you said, to counter, because I almost need so much that I know that I'm, I'm almost out of my mind in the other, my trade partner's opinion at this point, but this is my crazy price. If you want to do it. Okay. But now I still need to move Austin Eckler. So. Yeah. That's exactly it. It feels like it's, it's a hard counter to send because you know that you're asking way too much, you know, but that's what it would take to make that move. So, like I guess that's that's kind of the question, and it, like that's where I get stuck sometimes, and and I end up being that asshole who just doesn't even send a counter, yeah, or, or, or you know doesn't doesn't do anything, 
and that trade offer just expires without explanation because I can't, I have a hard time figuring out how do you navigate that? Yeah. So at this point, are you, are you done with me and you reject it or do you hit me up and you're like, Hey, I looked at our teams and I, I just don't see it. I tried, but sorry. Or are you just like, sorry, not sorry. Peace out. Girl scout. <laughs> don't need to talk to you. Cause I, uh, I think some of these things are important and pivotal. I'll let you think yeah. a second. Cause so, I mean, I think it's important to have some kind of dialogue, but I don't, think you have to first of all and i don't think you have to counter i think that maybe you need for yourself and for for anybody this might be different but i think you need some kind of ratio like you counter 50 percent of the time it doesn't mean that i counter john's trades 50 percent of the time maybe i try and i can't but i think that you strive to try to counter because i think that it does help create like a better trade partner and sometimes we forget like how long we actually want to be in these leagues with people. But if you're building that relationship and because, so, because here's the thing, here's where I'm going. If every time I send you a trade that I think is a decent offer, you reject it and we never talk again. And then I send you another one, you reject it. We never talk again. By the time you send me a trade, I kind of don't want to talk to you. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm probably and it's not even out of spite, but it's just kind of like, well, we've never we don't really have a history. I've tried so hard to, like, build a relationship with you every time. It's just reject, reject, reject. And now you send me this asinine trade. What am I supposed to do? You know, how do you we haven't built anything. I feel like I've already worked harder on this relationship than you have. And you've never given me the time of day. Never any kind. You know what I mean? But now we're friends because I have something you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, <laughs> that's kind of a tough one too. I mean, I like I don't I don't know what you could do differently in that situation. I that that legit to me that legitimately is you know it it's it's on that other person to you know to to make some kind of move that's like mutually beneficial that signals that yeah like i i i know i've been rejecting all these trades but i need you know i i i am open to you know to making some kind of move with you sure and and it's not that i'm like putting you in my my black book like we can never get a deal done but i might not try as hard Unless I see it as something that it's like, okay, finally this player is available. Let's get this deal done. And it is absolutely kind of like, I think what you were saying was it it is also an opportunity to begin that relationship that you've been trying so hard to build for the first amount of time in your league. So there is that opportunity as well to be like, okay, finally a trade I'll counter him. Mm -hmm. But I just, sometimes I want that attention too. And and I feel like there's, that's probably how some of your league mates feel. I feel like if it's something that like, I start to feel that there's probably other people that start to have these feelings, just kind of like, like it's not, I don't know. It's just kind of like, okay, reject for me. It's easier to just like reject and walk away from a trade like that. If we have no history. Mm-hmm. than it is if it's like something that we've built history and i don't even mean that could be any one of you people in the community that i consider a close friend 
if we don't have the same like relationship built within our trade partner relationship, you're not special to me. It's, it's a different game once we're in the leagues, you know, and like, obviously somebody like John, you have different ways to get a hold of me. Like we have a different reach. So obviously there's a difference to it, but if every time, even one of my friends like is unwilling to work with me, but then they want me to all of a sudden work with them when they have a want or need. I think it's kind of, it's kind of tough for me to get back into building that relationship sometimes. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And I know I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. probably kind of wrong here and I'm, I'm even like uh, taking the chance of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, John? But I'm I'm definitely like limiting my market, should I say? But there's just to me, I think it's important every now know, and then though. to just throw a counter offer out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know that you are limiting your market by writing that person off, because I mean, what evidence do do you have that there's ever going to be a deal that got done there you right know? right so yeah it, it like you're you're really just kind of accepting what they're telling you which is i'm not going to you know i i'm i'm not gonna work with you on making any kind of trades right and only on my terms yeah. when, I, when i need something like now i'm in the playoffs and i need a quarterback really bad <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and then that's why I say, I mean, I think it's on the other person. Like, it's, it's, it's all we're, we're, we have very fragile egos. I think when it comes to trading <laughs> and that's everybody, not just Dude, present company. there might that's, be some truth to that too, though, because that was my follow-up thought. My kind of a question for you, I guess, which is, you know, which is, which of these two scenarios is is worse just not getting a response or maybe even like just getting a a rejection no i you know without any kind of um any kind of feedback Um, or or um like getting a counter offer with an explanation like a, a an in-depth explanation about um you know essentially telling you like where you differ in player values sometimes that, <laughs> do you get the, those? the latter one sucks when you're just like okay man I, a whole paragraph of like, yeah why I'm a crappy person to trade with um the first one is the worst if really? you, you should reject a trade, you should absolutely, in my opinion, reject a trade. Yeah, I, I just think that it, it lets me know you've at least seen it and uh, you don't like it and we're done. Um, and the second one, it's really not that bad. If you just reject a trade and move on, at least like I know you've seen it, you don't like it. I would appreciate a counter. Sometimes some of the people I deal with, I'm surprised I don't get a counter. I'm almost like waiting for it. Like a little kid in a candy shop. Like, Ooh, I know <laughs> he's going to counter. Like it had to be close. Like I had some pieces in there. I know he likes, and mm-hmm. then you never get the counter. So sometimes that is kind of a bummer, but um, 
the explanations sometimes can be good and sometimes they can go back like they're just sometimes they go too far but if it's like constructive and working your way to a deal that actually might get done i don't have a big problem with it full disclosure like i might not read your message if you reject my trade because i'm probably just deleting the message i'm not i don't need to open it to see that you rejected my trade it says reject somewhere in the like i've already been rejected i don't need to like go back on to tinder to see how cute you were when i sent the offer i i just delete the email i don't even go in it so i probably don't even see the total message mm -hmm. so to me i think i think for me part of like it's 101 you just you reject or you accept or you counter you should be active and i think rejecting a trade is part of activity even though it's like you want a little bit more from them but i think that it's totally fine to just reject it and walk away i can't i can't hate on it it's not how i play the game in every aspect but i get it yeah yeah i mean i think i'm with you i just seriously hate getting that long response back about like how i overvalue my players and he he <laughs> He, he, you know, he thinks I undervalue his players. I'm just like, oh, 10 out of 10 teams overvalue the players on their teams. Yep. <laughs> Until they're on the other player's team. Uh, yeah. Unless we're in a different league and they're on your team, then I don't value them as much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so true though sometimes. And I think it's important to even try to not do that. Like, a lot of times i mean you'll see it all the time you'll even hear like people like giving their views and opinions and you'll know who they're selling and they want to get away from but they're still overvaluing them as long as they're on their teams yeah yeah exactly speaking of player values should we talk about some of these trades and get into some values a little yeah yeah we've got a couple trades on the list yeah I mean, this one, like this is, so here's one that we were originally tagged in, but then we got DM. So I don't think maybe we'll leave out his, his name. Um, since, uh, the, Ooh, maybe he's trying to get a deal done. He didn't yeah. want the other person to see what was going on. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So we'll leave out the name. We'll leave out, you know, we won't talk about the, the original tweet that was actually public we'll we'll keep all that secret and we'll just we'll just uh talk about the actual trade that uh looks like we both got dm the same thing but basically kenny galladay sterling shepherd and 407 coming back 2021's 407 and sending gabriel davis 210 and a 2022 first Yeah, man. I like Gabriel Davis too, but I think that for me, I man, I'm so curious where Kenny Galladay goes and what ended yeah. up happening with with Galladay. I wonder how much it matters, honestly. But, um, but yeah, I, that's that is that's kind of the big piece that's missing right now. Mm -hmm. It seems like people are really kind of assuming that he's just going to be back in Detroit. I don't think that's a slam dunk. I don't know. I, that I don't think it is either. Uh, like, I don't know that they've got the money for him, you know? 
they can't e- they can't even tag him without making some kind of cuts or more trades honestly yeah so they'll have to make make i i feel like he wants to be back in detroit even after the changes that have made which almost concerns me <laughs> about him and where he feels like his market value is because i feel like otherwise he'd be shopping himself a little bit differently rather than focusing on the one team that didn't want to give him a contract extension at any point. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a tough one for me. I I wonder what's going to happen with Kenny Galladay. He's an older wide receiver for the amount of years he has in the league. I'm not typically as concerned about, like, these 28- and 29-year-old receivers like the Keenan Allens and those I'd rather go that direction though. I'd rather like pivot to like Keenan Allen. I've been trying to change all of my Kenny Galladay to Cortland Sutton. Hmm. And I know that doesn't help this particular trade here, but I've been trying to change all my Galladay to Cortland Sutton. I think that where it helps is it, it's kind of, it sounds like you're saying you're at least a little bit out on Galladay kind of regardless mm-hmm. of where he goes. I am, but this um, seems like a pretty good been... deal. <laughs> too much time wasted yeah so that's i guess that's part of part of it like if we're gonna unpack this a little bit you know which which is the more valuable piece on that other side is it gabe davis or is it a 2022 first Mm, the value today i'm probably going to give to the 2022 first yeah but man gabriel davis stands a good chance to be the more valuable piece by the end of the season you yeah. never know. Honestly, Gabriel Davis could get a nice uptick, especially if we see less John Brown. And I, I like Gabriel Davis a lot. The 2021 210, that's so late. I mean, that's just a, a flyer, a dart throw. I, I don't mm-hmm. even love the word dart throw, but I mean, it's all it is at that point. You yeah. might hit on it and be smitten, but you might end up with Zach Moss or Joshua Kelly, too. Yep. <clears throat> yeah and, and then i mean we haven't talked about sterling shepherd i don't like sterling shepherd <laughs> i've told you about i've told you about my list of guys he's on the list he's on the list um yeah mike williams is on the list Will but he holds Ford's some value yeah pro and mm-hmm. and man it's gonna be tough for them to i like i don't i don't I don't know. Well, I don't know. It's it's entirely possible that they go get just an absolute stud wide receiver and finally just kind of consolidate all these little you know BS wide receivers that they've got with with Shepard and Tate. I still like Slayton, but I get that he's never going to be that alpha guy. I mean, why if if you're the Giants, like what's stopping you from going and getting you know, like uh, Jamar Chase might not be available to you, but you know Devonta Smith should. Um, maybe Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, even even on day two, you could look at guys like Rondale Moore and Rashad Bateman. Mm, like there you go. Any one of those guys, I think, just like just walks in the door and becomes your your alpha wide receiver. And. I don't know why they wouldn't do it. They're going to draft a running back. <laughs> yeah. 
Probably. They need a running back. <laughs> I just sent our our secret trader a question. I asked him if he felt like he'll be in contention in 2021. I liked this trade better. I know we're trying to not talk about the original one, but when it had a 2021 first in it for the Gabriel Davis side, just because mm-hmm. that at least gives you something this year. Yeah. Um, Man, this is such a tough one for me, I, and I love those kind of trades. So with that said, when they're tough like this, you, you're probably like getting some decent trades for both sides, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to be on the Kenny Galladay side, though. I think that this is a really fair offer for Kenny Galladay, and I think that you could you could move him for Cortland Sutton. Yeah. What What about you <laughs> in Denver, dude? Cortland Sutton or Galladay? Um, that He's is a awesome. tough one. I mean, I, oh my gosh, I thought that I I just <laughs> I felt like I got cool points for that, dude. Well, the I I mean we we so part of the problem with Sutton is we have a similar issue with him. It's not about like what's his landing spot. We know he's going to be in Denver, but who's his quarterback? And that that concerns me. <laughs> yeah, like I I it seems like they're open to the idea of moving on from Drew Locke. I don't know that they're going to be able to like at this point, there's basically one guy available who is, you know, who, who I think would motivate them to make that move. And it's Deshaun Watson. If you miss out on Deshaun Watson, which I mean, a lot of people are going to, a lot of teams are going to be involved in that sweepstakes. So if you miss out on him, I mean, you're basically going back to drew Locke. And I don't, I, I'm not going to feel great about any of these pass catchers. It's not, it's not a Sutton thing. It's just the fact that, you know, now you've got, you know, you've got Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant all fighting over. And, you know, not to mention the kind of next tier guys like Hamler and, and Deshaun Hamilton all fighting over, you know, that handful of quality targets that are actually going to be available to him. It's I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about Sutton. And if I remember right, I've got it ranked that way, right at the moment, I still have Galladay ranked ahead of him just because I think that there's, there's a little bit more upside in Kenny Galladay's uncertainty right now than Cortland Sutton's. Does it, will that change if Watson is there? Which, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Automatically, like all of the pass catchers get a huge bump, and I think Sutton probably gets the biggest. Hmm. Yeah, man, I like Sutton. He's still pretty young too, and he had I think 125 targets in 2019. Mm-hmm. I know that you mentioned Judy though, and I know Fant was there in 2019, but he'll be a bigger picture. Hamler, man, you guys need a quarterback. Seriously, right? Like, what is the point? of having that group of pass catchers and then having freaking drew lock throwing to him. It makes no sense. Yeah. So I think I'm with, I think John's on the same side as me. I was going to say, I think I'm with John, but I don't know if you said the side, but I think I'm on the Kenny Galladay side still for you there. Yeah. Yeah. Secret secret trader. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Galladay for me as well. Secret. 
<laughs> How about uh, this is this is one. So I think that we were both tagged in this one, and uh, I'm 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 trying to make sure of that. But anyways, it's uh, Joseph, I don't know if I was. I've seen it though. Joseph Pellegrino tagged definitely me. He tagged a bunch of people, so I wouldn't be surprised if you're in there. But um, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, straight up. <laughs> Who are you taking? John is triggered. I'm on the Herbert side of this. Yeah, I am and, too. And I didn't think. Yeah. It, it was easy. I just voted. <laughs> yeah. I think I am too. But right now, right at the moment, it's like the vote is two to one in favor of Herbert. It's like it's it's pretty lopsided and it makes me wonder if people are are putting very much thought into this you know like if it's if it's just <laughs> like we've we've seen as Herbert. i just said i didn't <laughs> <laughs> i kind of missed that part but now i'm glad i took that shot <laughs> you gotta think about this stuff so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it's it's hard to argue with what Herbert just did as a rookie, but I mean, like the 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 only real knock against Trevor Lawrence right now is that we, I mean, we haven't seen him do it do anything as a pro because he's not a pro yet, right? <laughs> and and I don't think that that's the right thing to hold against a player, you know. So. I mean, things change quick, though. And, I mean, you mentioned the the season that Herbert just had. And, I mean, going into last year this time, it was Burrow, Tua, then Herbert. Yeah. Herbert's jumped over that. And last year, I mean, it was obvious in in our minds that it was Joe Burrow 101 to most people. If, if you're out there being like, oh, I had this guy 101, I get it. Like, to most people, consensus was Joe Burrow 101 then Tua, and then Herbert. That's right. done. <laughs> right. You know, so but for also, me, like, just him proving that at this point, it's just, it, it seems a little bit safer. I, I feel a little bit more secure with my quarterback carousel at this point. Yeah. Doesn't it just feel like there's a flaw in the process, though? I mean, like, I ultimately, I, I'm, I come down on the same side. And again, I mean, I think that the the biggest reason, the most compelling reason is is the fact that, you know, Herbert just had the as as the youngest starter in the NFL, you know, through like 40 touchdowns, maybe even more than that. Mm -hmm. But like it feels like a flaw in our process anytime we make a change like that, like this quickly, you know. Mm -hmm. We not only are we putting Herbert ahead of Joe Burrow, who a year ago it was like there was no no chance. Like Herbert was like the, there was a there was more of a conversation to be had between Joe Burrow and, and Tua. Herbert wasn't even in the conversation. Right, right. He was he was like next tier. And now we've got him after one year, and a year in which Joe Burrow, you know, was was still very good until he got hurt. And that's the big thing is that he he didn't finish the season and justin herbert did right but now we're already putting herbert ahead of burrow it started a little bit before that injury to be fair 
Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. It was, and not not full tilt. For, for but some it, it people, was anyway. starting, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for some people, for sure. Um, and and I remember having this exact same conversation with you and with Brian Haar. And, yep. and, you know, we were essentially like kind of what I was what I was feeling about it is that Justin Herbert as a rookie was already playing at or close to his ceiling. And Joe Burrow wasn't. Joe Burrow was not even, it was not anywhere close to his ceiling. So, you know, on one hand, it's nice that we've seen, <laughs> you know, what the ceiling looks like for Justin Herbert, and mm-hmm. it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but, you know, if he just maxed out as a rookie, or at least close to it, I mean, is that is that as attractive as, you know, as we thought? Like if we look back on it and say that that was like the that was the absolute best that Justin Herbert's capable of. Yeah, and, and I mean he might still have a little bit of room to grow, but I do see what you're saying. But for me, still at this point, and I'm fine like going from Justin Herbert to Trevor Lawrence, even being one of the bigger Herbert guys out there. But mm-hmm. for me, I, I need a little bit of incentive at this point or i'm just not interested in making the move because i already feel like seeing that ceiling in herbert makes me feel okay having a little bit of regression where we still need to see it from trevor lawrence because we've seen things go wrong within our processes even then i know they say trevor lawrence is different he's a generational talent but we've also seen like i mean carson wentz and jared goff they're going to be forever linked together Carson Wentz and Mariota like that we've seen like failure within those processes as well and I know that they're not weren't as like acclaimed as uh Trevor Lawrence but I mean we see it all the time even RG3 Andrew Luck Andrew Luck I mean we saw it on the field obviously it was it was right but it's just I don't want to get burnt and I feel like we already have a fire lit up under our ass for Herbert and I'm fine just kind of riding that out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I, I guess it's just, and I, I guess where I feel like the flaw is in, in the process is that like over the course of these guys' careers, you know, there, there are going to be seasons where Justin Herbert is the third best yep. of the three. There are going to be agree. times where he's, you know he's the best of the three it just so happens that you know his the the first year that we get you know two of the three on the field at the same time justin herbert was you know was he had the best opportunity and he stayed healthy yeah that and that part's not gonna stick forever like you know their their situations are gonna change many times throughout the course of their careers sure it, it you know it's so like it's it's a, to me it's a little bit like Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes same draft class and you know as a rookie Watson was I mean Mahomes wasn't even on the field Watson was awesome yeah and then the following year Mahomes has you know goes for 50 touchdowns yeah and over 5000 yards and so so we pushed him ahead of Watson, you know, I, and now, I mean, this year, I believe Watson 
like at least statistically, maybe not in fantasy scoring, but statistically was better than Pat Mahomes. So yeah, I think he's QB three by like a pretty like chalk scoring that's not too special. Like I think yeah. he's QB three, yeah, fantasy wise. And I think Mahomes good. was like four or five, so it wasn't way off. But yeah, there there's gonna be times where Watson's better. There's gonna be times where Mahomes better. You know, now Watson's gonna change teams completely. It's gonna he's gonna have a totally different situation. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe it won't. But yeah, you know the like the I guess the the key for us is to stay consistent with this and acknowledge that you know just because something different happened this year doesn't mean that we need to adjust our rankings yet again. You yeah. Know? If Deshaun, yeah. like if Deshaun Watson ends up, I don't even know, like what's the perfect situation for Watson. Like, I mean, maybe it is to me, it's, it's probably Denver, honestly, like bias aside, just looking at the weapons he would have. Yeah. You know, running that Pat Shermer offense, like, that's that feels like the dream, but you know, so whatever you think is the best, maybe you think San Francisco is the best situation for Watson, whatever you think that situation is, it is vitally important. If you've got Pat Mahomes ranked ahead of Deshaun Watson right now, that you, that you keep it that way, even when Deshaun Watson, even if Deshaun Watson goes to the best case scenario, and even if Deshaun Watson has a better season in 2021 and Pat Mahomes. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and so that's the whole thing is like, it, I, I think that the people are a little too cavalier about this with Herbert versus Lawrence and they're going to have absolutely no problem. If Lawrence comes out and throws for 45 touchdowns as a rookie could change quick. They're going to put him ahead of Justin Herbert. That and could then, happen quick. You're right. Even if Herbert still goes for 40 touchdowns, they're still yeah. going to move Lawrence ahead of him. And yep. they're they're going to flip-flop those two every freaking year for their ent- over the course of the I, I mean, with, with that said, I could see it happening on draft day, like NFL draft day. I could see that day, even though we, we pretty much can say he's going to the Jags, but the minute he's on a team, people are going to crave some Trevor Lawrence (laughs) and they're, you know what I mean? They're going to be (laughs) going out to try to add him onto their teams right away. And you could probably do better with it then in a way. I think it also goes into like something that you've mentioned a lot is sometimes you just want to go get those guys on that you do like, or that I appease to your team. Like for me, like I I do want to add more Herbert, but with that said, like, I wouldn't mind having a one-on-one to go get Trevor Lawrence either. You know, I, I'd be happy with any of these players or even to play the no sacred cows rule. And I think you should always be open to trading anybody on your team, even your favorite people, but maybe you even right now you could go get Burrow plus for your Herbert. Mm-hmm. And it was before it was, you got Herbert plus for Joe Burrow. So now you could go back and get some Joe Burrow little extra on top. And, and that's how quickly, like you said, it changes. Yeah. You can go get two Tua's for a Herbert. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there, if, and if there's that type of ir- irrationality in your league, and honestly, like, I think that that is, that that happens way more often oh, yeah. than not. 
But if there's that type of irrationality in your league, I think that like that's that's the good news. The like the bad news is that that, that that's massively massively flawed and it annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the good news is that's something that we can take advantage of. That's something we can exploit, and that's a that is a great way to keep extracting value <laughs> just like whichever whichever of those quarterbacks in this the same tier by the way like that's the bottom line they're in the same tier and they're probably yep. going to be forever but you know whichever quarterback in within a tier has the lowest value at the moment like you know, like sell that, that higher value quarterback for the lower value quarterback. No, dude, I Stay love in the it. Same tier and then and just do it again. Keep, <laughs> yep. Just, just keep doing it every freaking year. Trade, you know, trade Justin Herbert and, and swap, you know, Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love it, dude. Because, and those are the kind of the moves I've been trying to make, but going for like that security still, like I want, or, you know, within the same tiers, but I've been trying to like trade away this quarterback to get this quarterback plus a wide receiver or plus a pick and add depth, especially in like the 16 team leagues where you need to find ways to add a little bit of depth here and there. I've been, I've been trying to make that move a lot. And then if I still feel like after that, I can find one more opportunity to downgrade just a little bit more and, but still keep my head count, as you would say, up. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm fine with it, dude. And like I've done it a lot with uh I've added a lot of Jared Goff recently. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad like you've got a Jared Goff trade in here today, too. Yeah. Well and so we we've got several segues out of this. Um so I'm gonna I'm just gonna hit this next one because I think it's gonna be super quick. Um, but it does kind of illustrate what we're talking about a little bit. The the arbitrage of you know, a quarterback in a quote unquote down year, Lamar Jackson just had, you know, somewhat of a down year and, or it was certainly regression that we all saw coming. Um, and, and to me, like the issue was how high we had to rank him last off season, uh, rather than the fact that he regressed and lost value. Like yeah. our, 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 the flaw in our process was last year, not this year. But anyways, now Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, TJ Hawkinson for Pat Mahomes, Austin Hooper, and some late picks. So, I mean, to me, it really kind of amounts to Mahomes for, for, you know, Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey. Dude, this is like getting two people that were in the top four of a startup last year for one. It'd be like getting 102 and 104 for 101 last year in a startup, yeah. not even rookie picks. Right. And McCaffrey and Mahomes were interchangeable at 101. Right. It's not like Mahomes was the slam dunk. Well, some people wanted Lamar there. Yeah. Some people still, yeah. It, it, I mean, if you were at 101 and you know, you like you knew that Lamar Jackson wasn't going to get back to you. So it's, yep. it's like, do I pass up Mahomes for the guy that I like better in general? And a lot of people said, yeah. Yeah. And you get Hawkinson. Yeah. Which to me, that like, that's a pretty big upgrade over Hooper. It's a little yeah. bit tough to, 
um, to quantify because I like it doesn't sound like it just says 12 team dynasty. This is from at KAO couple underscores 1989, but it's a 12 team dynasty super flex half PPR, nothing about tight end premium. So, you know, it's, it's a little hard to care too much at tight end and that in a setting like that. But Hawkinson is to me a significantly better player. <laughs> Yeah, it's not even like you found my weakness with Hawkinson and even McCaffrey to be <laughs> in this a, trade. That's what tips it for you. <laughs> it's McCaffrey, quite okay. honestly. There I think go. people are crazy sleeping on McCaffrey. Like you've forgotten that he's like having two players in your lineup every yeah. week. Like he's like two flex players. He's going to get you 35 to 40 points a week most weeks. Depending on scoring, obviously, some even this year, you look at his. I know he didn't play much, but you look at every time he played, he showed up. That's who Christian McCaffrey is going to be. People are already disappointed he wasn't there for him this year, and they're already saying, Oh, he's going to be 25. Christian McCaffrey is going to be around. He's 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 probably like. I hate to say it, maybe the second safest player in this deal after Mahomes. John, you might argue with me with Lamar, I get, but I think people are sleeping on McCaffrey already this year. This trade tells me to go buy McCaffrey, go buy Lamar. <laughs> and and I'm probably like the first I'm probably the least high on Lamar out of anybody at Superflex City. And I'm telling you, you want this Lamar side. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, I think there are a, a few guys like this, and it's kind of back to, you know, the the point that I never got to with Kenny Galladay <laughs> and that I kind of made with Joe Mixon. I think there's a lot of out of sight, out of mind going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, McCaffrey, Barkley, like those are those are going to be guys. I I like I just said with Joe Burrow. Like I think that mm-hmm. there's a a lot of you know, a lot of what's affecting his value is the fact that he just didn't finish the season. And people, you know, the, the excuse that they'll make is while well, he's coming off a major knee injury. The players do that every single season. Like, <laughs> don't, yeah. especially for a quarterback. Yeah, don't, like that, that changes. There you nothing. go. And that's Jack where Prescott's you listen to get... John Hogue, you listen to Superflex City, you go get yourself some Brandon Allen and Joe Burrow and you're just yeah. fine. Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah, like all these guys, but Christian McCaffrey is is a great example of out of sight, out of mind. You know, people yep. are gonna people are gonna take Jonathan Taylor over Christian McCaffrey in a I've lot of startups it. this year. It's already happened. I saw Antonio Gibson ranked above Christian McCaffrey in somebody's rankings. Yeah, and they I, were serious, that... and they they meant to be <laughs> taken serious. Ugh. Yeah, that's clickbait. But like, yeah, I mean, that there, there's going to be a lot of people just going off of the like what happened the last time we saw these guys. And you know, the last time we saw these teams in action, Christian McCaffrey wasn't on the field, and Jonathan yep. Taylor was going for you know 200 yards and two touchdowns. So yeah, people are going to make their decisions off of that, and it's it's. It is. It's bad process, man. Like, uh, I, I, to me, Lamar Jackson is still. I, I still would prefer Lamar to McCaffrey in a startup, but 
there's still no denying the fact that Christian McCaffrey just on value alone makes this deal like more, more way more than closes a gap between Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Oh yeah, for sure. And then getting Hawkinson on top of it. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine moving Mahomes too. Like he's my one oh one in Superflex, and I think he should be, but I'm I'm fine splitting the stocks on Mahomes, like absolutely. Yeah. Here's one that's I, like I I genuinely just want to hear from the Lions fan on this one. So like for a little context, uh, all he has at quarterback is Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan and Jared Goff. So he's got an offer to trade Jared Goff for 110. Where are you at with that? Well, I mean for me there I want I want Goff. Yeah. If it was earlier, I, I might change, but I want to know that I'm going to get a starting quarterback. And I feel like Jared Goff has that job. I think that we'll be taking a wide receiver in, in the first round there at seventh overall, not a quarterback. I think that we like Goff more than than we want to let on. You know, I don't know. We've talked a little bit about this too in like our Superflex City chat, but I think that unless they trade Goff away, they need to put some weapons on that team. And with the amount of money that we currently have, they're going to have to draft a wide receiver high there and give Goff a weapon. So I think he stays. I think by the time we get to 110, you're looking at maybe like Mac Jones, maybe. I don't know what it depends on landing spots and, and where everybody goes. But I don't know well, if you get a quarterback in that area that you would feel good about. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the nice thing is people are going to screw up these rookie drafts, man. I'm, I'm being hard on quote unquote people in this episode. I'm just like hammering on people's processes, but I'm, I'm hard on humans in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard not to, but like, the they're, they're going to overdraft wide receivers. We're already hearing a lot about how great this wide receiver class is. This rookie class of wide receivers, man, I don't care. I don't care. They like, I don't care how good they are. This could be 2014 all over again. And I still, yep. I still don't want anything to do with it. Considering what it takes to get them. I mean, I kind of yeah. don't anyways. Like, to me, the rookie draft, is it's about two things. It's, number one, it's your last opportunity to fix your quarterbacks if you didn't go QB, QB extreme in your startup. Or, you know, if you lost some guys. Yeah. It's your, your only chance to restock. Like, we always say quarterbacks are cheapest in the draft. There's a reason we don't just say the startup draft because the rookie mm -hmm. draft is the other opportunity. That's the one time where you can actually get those guys. But then sure. running backs, that's your only chance to get a running back at a reasonable price. Yeah. So, like, to me, there's, there's pretty much no reason to be taking wide receivers in a rookie draft, and yet there's going to be a bunch of them that go in the first round, which honestly could put push – you know, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, like at least one of those guys to the 110 range. Like, would that change anything for you, though? Um, not today. 
No. Not today. Maybe in like whatever the 75 or whatever till the NFL draft, I might <laughs> regret not trading Jared Goff away or I might regret buying into so much. Most of the Goff that I've gotten though has been with like a, a pick like um, a 2022 first getting Jared Goff for 2022 first. I've made that move a couple times and that I feel really good about the 110. I mean, it does, it does bring me more pause just because I have seen success with that, that pick in that area, but I've also made my own failures and seen my own failures from other people in that area as well. There's no guarantee that there's a quarterback I like there and there's probably not a running back. I like there. I think that the running backs that we want the most are probably going to be off our rookie draft boards with in that first five to six picks even with all the wide receiver hype i think once we get landing spots that's when we'll start hyping the rookies again and they all move up i mean we saw what happened last year even with cd lamb and jerry judy and those guys being a a lot of hype at this time of year once those running backs like clyde edwards Alaire hit the chiefs and the top five running backs and joe burrow and Tua last year, and then the running backs, and then you got Herbert around like that 108 to 109 area when the CD Lambs and Judy's started trickling in. Every now and then, somebody take a wide receiver higher, but I think the running backs move right back up. Yeah, that's probably true. That <laughs> and and man, it does make things tougher like thinking that there's going to be some quality quarterbacks available at 110. I still just, I mean, to me, I I still just like it's, it's going to take too long to, to figure it out with those quarter. Like Justin Herbert was the guy who may have been available at 110 in some rookie drafts. Yeah. And like that, that probably happened fairly frequently. And Daniel Jones honest, the year before. Yeah. With with Herbert, though, like as good as he was, honestly, if it wasn't for that punctured lung for right. to Tyrod Taylor, like you never if, know when you if it wasn't it. for that fluke thing, yeah. We we still might not know what we've got with Justin Herbert. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I guess like how do you feel about Jared Goff in Detroit? I think I'm that's fine part with of it too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, like the big question is who's he throwing to, but yeah, I'm, I'm fine with him. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I think he's a bargain. Yeah. I mean, yeah. People aren't really valuing him right now as if he's going to be the starter there. Mm -hmm. Like they're kind of acting like he's like, like he's Teddy Bridgewater on his way out. Right. You know? right. Jimmy Garoppolo. Like that's how people are looking at him. Yeah. It's like and, and I mean the fact that like I, I'm glad you brought up Teddy. The, the fact that the Panthers almost offered us more, arguably, just because we would have had that one oh eight this year and we would have had Teddy and I think a, a little bit more in the pick area, and we declined that. And I think a lot of it had to do with Teddy, not you know what I mean? I don't, I think that they felt like they were pivoting to a better quarterback in Jared Goff. And I think that he was a bigger part of the package, like knowing what the Panthers 
offered us and that we declined it made me feel like they wanted a quarterback that they could at, at least use this year, if maybe not a couple. Yeah. Or they want to use him to trade. Right. Which, like, yeah, with Goff, even if they trade him away, he's still going to, wherever he goes, he's still going to start. Yeah. Yep. And he's probably a long-term starter. So, yeah. I. And even if he's not, and maybe this is uh, since we're already over time, <laughs> but we can segue into this last one pretty easily. Even if Jared Goff did not end up being a long-term starter, you know, like, you know, still, you know, kind of what's the move. And, and 110 is a little bit easier. But here's one that I got in a private DM. So, again, I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to say who it was from or anything. Um, but he's basically saying, like, he's got Teddy Bridgewater. He's got Ben Roethlisberger. Both of those guys, very uncertain futures. Like mm -hmm. what people think Jared Goff is, these guys are actually that. Like it's right. possible that these guys don't make it to the regular season. And at this point, the most likely scenario is you lose at least one of those guys, if not both of them, before the regular season. But would you give up either one of those guys for Logan Thomas and 205, rookie 205? There's no tight end premium. Yeah, dude, that, that is so tough, especially with no tight end premium, and it's 205. I think Logan Thomas is for real. I want to say that. Mm -hmm. um, but no tight end premium, that makes it tough. I feel like we get another year of Ben. I feel yeah. like you need to move Teddy Bridgewater last week. Uh, I might move. <laughs> dude, that's so crazy. I think I, I would probably move Teddy for a 205. And I'm losing so much value today if I make that move. But I feel like in, in a in a year, I feel like I won that deal. I feel like maybe even sooner. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to have a starting job after the Panthers. He may start for the Panthers this year if mm -hmm. they don't get a deal done. But they have shown that they're ready to move on. One year they gave him and they're done. He went to Chicago. They didn't want him. Like nobody's really, you know, even he went to Miami. There was something wrong there. He was offered more money and he stayed with the saints. There's a reason Teddy isn't sealing these deals with other teams. And it's something that they don't like about Teddy. I feel like Teddy's done. Um, I feel like you need to get out. You might find a better trade partner than a 205. I'm taking this Logan Thomas in 205 for Teddy Bridgewater and hanging on to Ben Roethlisberger. Hmm. Okay. Um, so my issue, like, and I agree with, with pretty much all of that. But so, <laughs> so pretty my, much all of that. <laughs> here, here's my issue of like of the guys who are available. Obviously, Deshaun Watson, you know, would would there's and there's a lot of reasons that he would make sense in Carolina. And in fact, you know, back to what's his best case scenario. I mean, you can make the argument that Carolina is just as good, if not a better, landing spot than Denver, considering the weapons. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, so if if 
you know, so obviously Deshaun Watson would be, you know, would would absolutely be a, a, a massive upgrade. Who else though? Like who else is available that they could bring in who would be a, an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater? Um, Dak Prescott. Yeah, definitely. So um, I mean, Gardner Minshew or Teddy. Yeah, I don't I I I like Gardner. <laughs> I I I I think that there are some intangibles there for sure and then some athletic ability that Teddy doesn't have. Um but I mean I think that that's close enough that you go with a guy who's been in the system for a full year. Okay. Um I see I think that they could go Gardner there and and it might be exciting. What about Mitch Trubisky? Yeah, or Teddy. Kind of same, same thing. thing, yeah. I mean, yeah. Plus they're paying Teddy. Yeah. Yeah. They almost it, need to trade Teddy to move on just because I mean I think they're still paying him like nineteen a year or something like that. Yeah. But that's the thing, like you did invest that year. You know, he's mm-hmm. gonna learn the system. So to me, like it's gotta be a pretty good a pretty good quarterback to to just immediately replace Teddy Bridgewater without any kind of quarterback competition in camp. Like, I mean, like even Jameis Winston, is he good enough to just come in and replace Teddy? I, I'm not so sure. Right. Know? No, that's a good point. What about Marcus Mariota? Yeah, I, I don't think so. And I love Mariota, but I don't think that even that's a slam dunk. Drafting I think, a quarterback at 108. Yeah. And, and I honestly, I, I don't think, I mean, I think that that means Teddy is probably out for good at some point in 2021, but it could be later in the season, you know? Yeah. I don't think it's day one. And that's that's the that's my issue with it. It's so tough to figure out like the the, the quarterbacks who are going to be available to them. Again, it's it's Watson and it's Prescott. Those are the only guys that come in and just replace Teddy without any questions asked. Everybody else, Sam I, Darnold. Yeah, I think he's got to compete with Teddy. I think that you know, like I said, Watson's got to compete. I think. Um, Trying to Andy Dalton probably has to compete. Like I, I don't yeah. think any of those guys are slam dunks over Teddy. So, so you're keeping Teddy. I yeah, I think I am just based on I'm just playing the odds at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the odds that they end up with either Pre- Prescott or Watson? Considering so many teams are going to be after those two. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that so, part. So like. So then it becomes, is it worth it to you? And, you know, the 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 opportunity cost being Logan Thomas in a non-PPR and rookie pick 205, is it worth it to, to play the odds? When the odds say that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater probably is going to be back as a starter because they're – they just don't have there there aren't there there aren't the supply of quarterbacks is far less than the demand right now mhm yeah i see what you're saying so you're assuming kind of like golf that 
if Teddy is traded, do you think he's traded to be somebody's starter or bridge quarterback? Maybe a bridge. I I would think that like to me he belongs in a situation where he has to compete for that. Starting. Yeah, yeah, and like, I think that's where I my like skepticism comes into even making this deal is how yeah. long can I rely on Teddy Bridgewater any more than I can Case Keenum? Right, and and why you know what I mean? Kind of that's kind of where, but I get it, man. It's it's kind of selling cheap on the perceived value of Teddy but I also can't find a way to sell the one share of Teddy that I have. <laughs> so I'm also yeah. like that guy. And, and a lot of times when I'm having tr- trouble sending a player, it makes me want to divert to my other leagues and start buying some Teddy that I haven't felt that way at one time. I haven't been like, Oh, he's so cheap. I'm going to go try to add some. He's yeah. somebody that I kind of just want to be done with. I don't want to see in my lineup. I, I think I'm fine moving on at this point. I, I feel like the Panthers are too, and that's part of it. I feel like maybe uh, we should have listened more to Steve Smith last year when he was so angry about the addition of Teddy Bridgewater to his Panthers team. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I just I just want out. You're not getting much more. And I know that that's not how you should manage your team just based on those last words. You're not getting much more. But I'm ready to move on and uh, kind of absorb some of the risk and even take a little bit of a step back for a quick moment just to clear my team of Teddy. Yeah. Yeah. And and I guess in both of those guys' cases, Ben and uh, Roethlisberger and Bridgewater, in both cases, I just feel like I, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I'd like to get out if I can get reasonable value and be able to replace them. Mm-hmm. At 205, I don't know how well I'm going to be able to replace them with somebody with, you know, you're, you're not, yeah, you're yeah. right. You're not replacing your quarterback with that pick. You'd have to get lucky and find somebody that, you know what I mean? Like you'd have to get like your Jacob East in there, which was too early last year, but then you'd actually have to start as well. Yeah. So at that point I would just rather, you know, I, I I'd rather take that loss and just keep them on my roster and you know like i said play the odds that they're going to be back and they're going to be starters and if i got that wrong i still don't think that i lost that much what about like changing it a little bit then i don't know how you feel about this but or if if this can be done because it's a vacuum for this team to be able to pull this team out this trade-off but what about like adding to teddy to move up to Carson Wentz or something like that. Oh, for sure. Cause he already has golf. Otherwise I would mention somebody like golf in the deal. Then you have golf and Stafford. No, he had Matt Ryan Stafford and Teddy. Uh, so this was a different one. Oh, all, I, sorry. all I know is, uh, he has Ben and, uh, okay. On this That's right. Which so is maybe make that move for Wentz or golf. Yeah. Yeah, I would do that. I mean, if you can if you can move on to a quarterback that you know is going to start from a quarterback that is, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I would prefer to do. Those are the moves yeah. I'm personally making first or trying to hold off for. 
if you feel like this is your only market, though, I'm I'm really fine with it. Yep. I'm kind of in a way glad we're both not, though, because I, I can see your side of it and what I'm giving up. But I made a move like similar to this with Jameis Winston last year and got a couple players for him. And I, I feel fine with it. I haven't looked back. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. F- moves like that. I'm perfectly fine with. Um, it's all about, like, it, and it, it just comes back to head count, you know? Yep. It just comes back to maintaining that quarterback head count. And if you're, if, if the return is going to make it difficult to do that, then I just think that it's, it's worth it to, to hang on and, and see what happens with that quarterback. But if you have a way to actually to maintain your quarterback head count and even, you know, get a guy who is more stable and, and more likely to, to be a starter, especially a long-term starter, then, you know, then I'm all about it. Would you do Haskins in two Oh five for Teddy? You're giving up Teddy still getting back Haskins in two Oh five. I know you're not a huge Haskins guy, but yeah, I'm I'm not, and I kind of doubt that he starts. But but yeah, I mean, then but at that point, you've got Ben, you've got Haskins, so you've got whoever starts. And mm-hmm. then with two hundred five, you can actually increase your quarterback head count again. I mean, I don't think it's going to sure, be a very sure. good one. Like best case scenario is Mac Jones makes it there, but and even that might be a lot to ask. But you know, I think that like there's at least an opportunity to do that. Um. You know, but it like if anything, you're I mean, I guess like technically you're kind of decreasing headcount, but I'm kind of okay with that because you're solidifying one starting spot. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe even more of the move I even try to make in the league. I'm trying to get rid of my Teddy, but I've been trying for like Goff and Wentz to. No, no way I'm getting it done, man. I've offered a lot on top of Teddy to get players at this point. The closest I got is that one I mentioned to you with Joe Burrow, where I almost got Burrow, but then he canceled it. And mm-hmm. I don't really regret not accepting it, though. It wasn't a deal I wanted, but it went away really quick. <laughs> it's kind of sad sometimes because <laughs> I was even mentioning to you, like through talks, like, man, I almost don't want to counter this because I don't want it to go away. But at the same time, it's not the right deal. And then it was like canceled. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But well, this has been a lot of fun. I think we got through quite a bit of quite a bit of different stuff. I enjoyed the counter proposal talk. I think it's always good to try to send counters. Our secret traders are doing it. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot to trading, and I think it's important. You know, we were talking off air a little bit um, in a private chat just about, you know, how how hard it is right now to talk about player values this time of the year mm-hmm. when you know there's still so much up in the air, and uh, so you know it feels like we need to spend more of our time on strategy than individual player values, but this is a way to kind of check in on that stuff. But then there is also that other side of trading. There's a lot of psychology behind it. And uh, I think that it's 
stuff that people think about and wonder about, but don't really talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are a little, there, there's a lot of little manipulation processes you can use within your leagues to help get some deals done that often work. Yep. Tried and true. Nothing's, nothing's a hundred percent effective though. I am Swagzilla zero G in the Twitter verse. As John always says, hit us up in DMS. Probably the easiest way to find us or just tag us in your trades. That's right. At Superflex Dude for me. Follow Superflex City. Superflex City.